Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, party people? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire. Thursday, April 8th. Not a ton happening in sports, so we have a phenomenal interview for you. Seth Wickersham of ESPN. He's the guy who writes books on all the NFL big names. He writes the takeout pieces on Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell and Bill Belichick. And you're going to learn a lot in today's podcast. I'll just say that. So I don't want to jumble up the beginning of the podcast straight fire with um, my gobbledygook on the NBA. Listen, Kevin Durant returned. Everybody's happy to see him, you know. He returned against the Pelicans. KD, 19 minutes. Did not miss a shot from the field. Did not miss a three. Did not miss a free throw. 17-7-5. And And the Nets roll the Pelicans. Poor Zion. Zion has to be just begging to get the hell out of New Orleans. Only in his second year. And that's really the biggest story in sports. Really, You know, Utah-Phoenix was fun. That felt like a Western Conference semifinal game. But overall, like... You know, the big story right now in sports that's difficult to talk about is Deshaun Watson and his situation. Two women have now come forward filing criminal uh, charges against Watson, uh, two massage therapists. And I, I just don't feel comfortable enough digging deep. I will say it's starting to look bleak for Watson. 
although there is not a ton of evidence yet, it sounds like it's maybe coming. I don't know. Let's just let's just not do a ton here at the outset, and let's just jump into a phenomenal interview with ESPN's features writer, takeout writer, Seth Wickersham. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a features writer. We haven't had a lot of features writers on the podcast simply because it's kind of a, a difficult position these days, but this guy does it better than anybody. Seth Wickersham, ESPN. I've known him, I don't know, probably what, at least 10 years, Seth? Probably, yeah. Yeah, there's like a weird journalism blog community uh, that sprung up in the mid-2000s, and Seth Wickersham was like, a, everybody wanted to talk to him because he went from college to ESPN, and now he's like, uh, you know, the guy for takeouts at ESPN. H- how's the uh, pandemic holding up for you guys in Connecticut? You know, it's fine. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that have had, you know, much tougher, um, you know, years than, than we have. And, you know, I kind of feel like that we're doing okay within the general context of the world being a mess. So I'm pretty grateful for that. That's a win, and I'll take that. Has it impacted your job a lot? Because you're used to getting on planes, going and hanging out with people, spending time with them in their community, with their family. And I'm assuming all that's gone in the last year, right? Yeah. I mean, I've done some interviews in person, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, nobody got into this work to do (laughs) interviews over Zoom. And, you know, we want to be with people, riding in their car, being at their house. Um, And, you know, for the better part of 20 years that I've been at ESPN, I mean, that's been my job. And, um, you know, being at the combine and and being at the bars at night and chit-chatting with executives and GMs or being at owners meetings. And, um, you know, those events are just not happening. And so the travel for them just isn't happening. But, you know, I'm pretty optimistic that maybe in the second half of this year, things will return, you know, more to normal. But I think it's going to be a while. So you recently wrote a book. Obviously, that's why you're here mostly. We also have other questions for you. But a book on Bill Belichick. And I'm, I'm just curious, timeline with the pandemic and COVID and everything, had you already sent everything to the publisher by, what, la- March of 2020 when this hit? Well, so um, I haven't finished it yet. It actually comes oh. out in – yeah, it actually comes out in October. Oh, geez. But it's been announced. And so um, – you know, but with the timing with that was interesting, too. And it's, you know, it's more about Belichick and Brady and the Patriots, you know, dynastic two decade run. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that the book had a trigger in it where they, they wanted the publisher wanted the manuscript about a year or so after either Brady left or retired or Belichick retired. So, you know, basically when the band broke up, they wanted the book about a year after that. And so I'm thinking, great. You know, I signed the contract, you know, sometime in early 2020. I'm thinking, this is great. I'll have all this time. I'm going to fly here. I'm going to get to see this person. And, you know, I'm going to go to, I live in New England. So I'm going to go to all these Patriots games. And then, you know, within a week, the pandemic hits and Tom Brady leaves. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, like, how am I going to get this thing done? But, you know, I think the fortunate thing is that there's a lot of people that live 
in the area that I could drive to. And that made it helpful. I did, I did get on the plane a couple of times to visit various people, but um, you know, it was a ta it was a challenge to me to do it. And again, I'm not done with the book yet. Um, but you know, I don't know if I would advise author first time authors doing that, you know, signing on to do a book in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, risky stuff. Um, I do have to say, so I had interviewed Brady a couple times back when I was at Us Weekly, um, or before he was Tom Brady, the global superstar. Mm -hmm. And I tell my kids about that now, and they're like, you interviewed Brady? What's he like? You know, and I was like, listen, this was like a six-minute interview at a Victoria's Secret party or at the Super Bowl party. It was, it was like, come on, no big deal. You now have spent lots of time with the likes of Brady, Peyton Manning, Odell. I mean, everybody basically who's big for feature stories or books. I'm curious, what is it like spending considerable amount of time with those guys? Well, it's different. You know, somebody asked me, I, I did a story on John Elway a couple of years ago. And the other day, somebody asked me, well, was that weird? Because I grew up, I was born in Colorado. And so I was a big Broncos fan. Mm. And, you know, was that weird interviewing Elway when he was like your childhood hero? And the answer is it, it really wasn't because... At that point, you know, that that version of me and that version of him are long gone. Yeah. And so after five minutes, it's just this person that I'm talking to and, and you know, asking questions that reflect my curiosities like any mm -hmm. other subject. With people like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, um, it's a little different because they are my age, <laughs> You know, and, yeah. and, you know, you always wonder, I played high school football and, you know, you always wonder like, well, who's going to be the Joe Montana and the John Elway out of this group of, of young men across America. Yeah. And it was those guys. And so that part of it's really interesting to me. Um, you know, but I'd say that like, that's, you know, that's kind of it in terms of, you know, there being a certain, um, you know, glamor to it. I mean, yeah. you know, both of those guys, you know, I think are, are, are pretty sincere people and, um, you know, both of them, you know, are, are people that I've had, you know, these professional relationships with for, you know, about two decades now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Belichick loses Tom Brady mm -hmm. and you you're going to do a book on the guy. I'm assuming he was not very welcoming to you coming in and, and trying to talk to him and spend time and talk to people around him about essentially the band breaking up. Right. Well, the book spans a longer time of that. I mean, clearly I get into like, you know, the past couple of years when you know, things have been more strained than they were at the beginning. And, you know, that's something that's been well documented both by me and by other people. And I hope to add some some new reporting to it. But, um, you know, I've written a lot about Belichick over the years with um, cooperation and without cooperation. And it's just something that I'm used to. And I feel like that, you know, reporting on him and writing about him is just something that I feel confident about doing, you know, just based on, the experiences that I've had the past couple, you know, I guess my first conversation with Bill was in November of 2001 on Ooh. Tom Brady, when Tom Brady, nobody even knew if he was going to finish the year as a starter. And um, so, you know, I just, I feel, I feel good about my, my ability to, you know, re report on someone who's as interesting as he is, you know, whether or not he cooperates. How much do you think it helps that you're not there day to day after every loss, after every win, at practice, in his grill, asking questions, and you're, you know, zooming out and getting a big picture. Do, does, do you automatically think he's more likely to talk to you and people of that nature? I don't know. I honestly, you know, that's a question for him. I think that, like, 
you know, he's cooperated with books in the past and there are books that he hasn't cooperated with. And so I don't know what into what went into all those things. I think that with Bill, um, you know, I think that he appreciates depth. And I think that like, no matter who you are, if you're coming from a small paper or from NFL films or ESPN, whatever it is, I think that like the things that he's more inclined to cooperate with are things that, you know, ask questions that are just beyond who pulled their hamstring in practice. <laughs> I think that he's, he's an interesting guy because he's in a lot of ways more willing to share how he works and open up those, you know, break down those walls than mm. he is to disclose exactly that, who has a pulled hamstring. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about the end there? And, and obviously you got the book and you have stuff you, you haven't, won't want to reveal yet, but there was a lot of reporting that Brady was sick of in the, um, like the player meetings, you know, they'll show film and Belichick will say, look at this terrible pass by Brady. I could go get Johnny quarterback at the local high school. He could make that throw. And it's okay to like do that a couple times to a young quarterback. After two decades of getting beaten down, despite all the Super Bowl rings, apparently him and Giselle were kind of sick of it. Um, I, I, how much, how difficult is it to report around that when that stuff's out there, but you may find other stuff or new stuff that contradicts well, that? It's not, no, it, I, I find it accurate. Like I reported back in, um, you know, 2018, I did a story on the Patriots in January of 2018 that was sort of getting at some of the disagreements that they had had that year over the TB12 method and Alex, mm. Guerrero, Alex Guerrero and right. Jimmy yes. Garoppolo. And, you know, and, um, you know, at the time, Brady was coming off his fifth Super Bowl ring. They had won against the Falcons. And I think he was, you know, it was just starting to get old. And they played the Houston Texans in the playoffs that year. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the year before. Um, and they won. And they ended up going on to win the Super Bowl. But in that game, Tom didn't play particularly well. I think he threw two interceptions and he completed like 18 of 38 passes. And Bill lit him up in that meeting after the game in front of the entire team like very few people had ever seen. You know, stuff like this is going to get us beat when he throws an interception or whatever. And so I think it was getting old. And, you know, I think that like, you know, there's been a lot of reporting that it was bothering Giselle also, especially after yeah. that season. But um, yeah, I mean, Bill, Bel Bill Belichick's the first one to admit that he's a tough guy to play for. And, um, you know, I think for a while people thought, well, you know, Bill holding Tom accountable in meetings is about showing the rest of the team that nobody is above criticism as if it was a piece of performance art. And I don't <laughs> think that that was ever really true. I think that Bill takes, you know, he lives to win the Super Bowl and he criticizes players or situations based on problems that he sees. And he is dead serious when he does it. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. 
Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare everybody's tried to get at why belichick is like that who continually criticizes a five-time super bowl winner in new england and you know i I look generally to father i've getting like introspective on life as I get older and watch my kids kind of become me. And, you know, Bill Belichick's dad was, I guess, in the Navy and was one of these very rigid my way or the highway kind of guys. How, how much do we know about why Belichick is the way he is? Well, yeah, his dad, his dad worked at Navy for a long time, but he, he did serve in, in, in World War II. Um, you know, I think that it's a great question. And it's one of those questions that I explore in the book. And I think that, like, there was – a moment where he was a young coach where, and there were several moments, but I think that a lot of them crystallized when he went to the giants Mm -hmm. and he 
um, just wasn't respected. And a lot of the players felt that, you know, they were more in awe of Steve Belichick showing up at practice <laughs> than they were of Bill being there and being, you know, coaching special teams and working with the defense. And, you know, a lot of guys just kind of ignored his instruction for a while. And I think that there was a turning point in the mid eighties where, you know, Bill Parcells, you know, decided that he was not going to be to get the most out of the team. He was not going to be friends with every player anymore. And he felt like that he had to like coach these guys hard. And if they disliked him, but if it got the most out of them, he was okay with that trade-off. And they ended up winning the Super Bowl against Denver that year. Yeah. And I think that Bill came in, you know, Parcells hands him the defense. Lawrence Taylor, speaking for a lot of players, is like, what? I don't think so. I'm not going to listen to this guy. Like, are you joking? And, you know, Bill had to figure out a way to earn his respect, in, earn the respect of those players his way. And I think he also learned a lot from, you know, the way that Parcells shifted his coaching style. And so... I think that when you look at Bill getting formed as a coach and getting at what you were trying to ask at, I think that he played to his strengths, which was being able to analyze the game, communicate assignments and give players a roadmap to a victory. And he also became fairly ruthless about whether or not he was liked. And Romeo Cornell had the great line in the, the two bills 30 for 30, where he goes, you know, I think Bill Belichick kind of liked you know, taking on that persona because that way he didn't have to be nice to anybody. <laughs> yeah. Just be a jerk to everybody. But spin it forward. You lose Brady. He says, I'm done with this crap. I'm out of here. And they get Cam Newton. It doesn't work out. I do wonder, looking forward to next year, obviously Belichick changed his persona with free agency, right? They usually don't spend a ton. They went hog wild. Uh, Seth, do we think we're going to see a kinder, gentler Bill Belichick this season with the Patriots? Well, I'll go back a little bit. I do think that Bill adjusted. And um, ESPN's Jeff Darlington reported, I think, during the year that they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, um, you know, that they were vibing much better. That, 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 you know, Bill had eased off the Johnny Foxborough bit. And that, you know, Tom, you know, Alex Guerrero had had some of his privileges reinstated. And that they were getting, you know, I think that like, there were still some issues under the surface. But generally speaking, those are two very professional men who on Sundays don't want to let each other down. And so I think that they were vibing much better. I think that Tom left because he wanted something different and also because the Patriots didn't really want to commit to him beyond yeah. a year to year contract. Um, I thought the most interesting thing from this past year watching new England was not that they went seven and nine was not that, you know, Cam Newton struggled, especially after he returned from COVID, but it was that Belichick was pretty transparent about some things that normally he wouldn't be so transparent about. I mean, in the off season, he said something to the effect of, you know, everything we did was designed to help Tom Brady and with Tom Brady in mind. And I thought that was a pretty blunt statement to make. And then during the season, he comes out on the radio and he says, you know, we sold out. And, you know, from a salary cap standpoint, we sold out and we won three Super Bowls and we made it to a fourth and we made it to an AFC championship game. And, you know, now we're this is the, the consequence of it is the seven and nine year. And I thought that was a really amazing thing for Belichick to say in the middle of a season. It's just it's very atypical. 
So I hear that, and I think the actions speak louder than words, right? I mean, if you're Brady in that locker room and he's treating you like garbage, and you know you lose Gronkowski, and they say, "Eh, we're not going to get another tight end," you know, <laughs> like I'm sorry, Tom. Like I, I don't know where are you on the actions versus words. Well, I, I think there's a lot of issues, and one of them was just you know the Patriots are always who they are. They're not well I mean, until this year, but you know. Yeah. Bill always felt like that he could find guys who just knew how to get open and Tom would find them. And that Tom, you know, they always struggled in September, right? Yeah. It was because they were using, you know, September as an extended training camp. And, you know, Tom was a huge component of that because he could cover up so many holes. Mm -hmm. And I think that by the end, you know, remember they did sign Antonio Brown and Brady was pretty excited. They were moving the ball pretty well with him. And then, you know, the sports illustrated stories come out. The organization, especially Robert Kraft, makes a decision that they can't continue with Antonio. And that was after that, that, you know, even though they were winning, the way they were playing on offense, it was just deeply frustrating to Tom Brady. And I think you saw that in the playoff game where his last game there, you know, against the Tennessee Titans, you know, they just, the receivers just couldn't really get any yeah. separation. Yeah. Uh, so fast forward to Tom Brady in Tampa. He pulls Gronk out of retirement. I thought the Gronk thing was such a slap in the face to Belichick. Like, I'm retiring. I'd rather retire than play with you. But I'm coming back to play for Tampa. I mean, I, I, another shot at Belichick there. But Well, and Brady, they did it. You know, before last season, they did a, um, a video for the Bucks in-house media. And it was, like, called Tommy and Gronky, a friendship. Or Tommy and Gronk, a friendship story. And they did this video together where they were in training camp. And they were in lounge chairs. And I think Brady's feet were in a pool, if I remember right. And, you know, they're they're just laughing. And it looks like they're at like a, a resort. <laughs> and they were joking and laughing. And, you know, that's just stuff that doesn't happen in New England. I mean, I thought yeah. that was like a clear, the fact that the video was made and released. And, you know, here these guys are joking and lounging and hanging out. And, you know, the season hasn't even started yet. I thought that was a a very different, that was one thing that was like an indication that the culture was definitely going to be different there. Yeah. And the culture of the Patriot way Brady was on one of these morning shows this week and said, you know, I thought for the longest time, the Patriot way was the only way. And now I'm learning in Tampa, there's more ways that you can be victorious. And you know, that subtly feels like a shot at Belichick. I don't, wh how would you characterize their, uh, their friendship now? And I don't, if you're, if you don't want to speculate, that's fine, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, they only they know, right? I mean, you know, the sense I get was that, you know, I think that things were hard at the end. But I also think that Tom cycled to a place mentally when he left where he felt good about his relationships when he walked out of New England. And I think that was important to him. Now, whether his relationship with Robert Kraft is better than his relationship with Bel Belichick, you know, time will tell. I mean, but I think that by the time he left there, I think that he wanted to leave where he was not feeling animus. That's mm. that's what I understand. I do, one quick note on Tampa. I saw that they retained all 22 <laughs> of their starters. And I, that's a stunning number to me for a Super Bowl champ. A lot of it has to do with Brady and the way his contract was structured. Um I thought, you know, like everybody had fun with the, oh, Brady won the breakup with Belichick. But now it's almost, I, I don't know if you want to say like he's getting married on like television off of a breakup. Like this is, this feels very significant for Brady. Like he specifically wants to win another. So there's no like, hey, we just got lucky. Like, look, it's me. 
in the who matters more, Brady or Belichick. Do you think there's anything to that? Or am I just speculating out of my ass? Well, I think he wants to win. And I also think that, you know, one of the most interesting things, I think that one of the things that Brady and Belichick have in common is that they are world-class believers in what's next, <laughs> you know, and, and that goes down to the next play. I mean, they just don't panic over a bad play and they believe in the potential of what you can do on the next set of downs or the next possession, whatever it might be. And, you know, the Bucks weren't a great team all year. I mean, yeah. they, they, I don't think anyone doubted that they were going to make the playoffs, but ending November, remember Brady and Belichick always say, well, Thanksgiving is the time when teams really define themselves. And after Thanksgiving, it still took a little bit of time for the Bucks to kind of find their, their stride. But when they did, they really caught fire. And, you know, they go to New Orleans. You know, they have that game-changing play in the third quarter where they recover the fumble at midfield that kind of opens up that game. You know, they, um, you know then, the, then they're able to go to the Packer, you know, go to Green Bay and, you know, benefit for some pretty bad coaching at the end of the first half and the end of the second half. And, you know, the next thing you know, here they are. And, you know, it's just one of the most interesting things with Brady and Bill is that I think that like, they always believe in the potential of what could be, you know, what of the potential of the next player, the next game. And I think that that's, I think it's a pretty unique mentality. You put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I want to pivot to talk about uh, features writing. Uh, I don't know about you, Seth. Um, I get asked probably more about any any takes that I have or gambling advice. Hey, man, how the hell do I get your job? How do I get in this industry? It is very difficult. Yeah. And I think we came up on the Seth same path, Seth, where you uh, get an internship in college, maybe unpaid, and then you kind of get on the path to success, right? You, you had internships, I'm assuming, in college, right? What, what, what was your path? Yeah, so I, you know, I went to high school in Alaska, then I went to college at the University of Missouri. And, um, you know, I did internships in college. My first year, I did it at the Anchorage Daily News back home. And it was paid, but it wasn't much. It was like enough yeah, to yeah. go to the, the Pizza Hut buffet. Yes. yes. And then um, the Sporting News the next summer, and then the Washington Post the summer after oh, my junior wow. year. But, you know, I think that, like, you know, you can try your best to be as well-rounded as possible, but it's good to pick something that you really want to do and do as well as you possibly can. And I, and I think that, like, when I look at your role and other people who – um, are able to, you know, analyze news and form an opinion of them, you know, that's very hard. And people think that it's easy and it's very hard. And I'm not one of those people who can do it. And I've never been good at it. Even when I write columns every now and then for ESPN.com, they're just not that good. <laughs> and I think I always was drawn to, um, you know, to feature writing and to investigative reporting. And, you know, when you do that, I think that, you know, the important thing is you have to write the stories in a way that is entertaining. And I'm not meaning like they have to be snappy or flippant. I mean, that they, they, they have to move the reader. You can't take the reader's time for granted. Yeah. And you have to have new reporting. And um, I remember in, um, in the fall of 2017, Don Van Natt and I did a, a bunch of stories on the NFL and how they were handling the anthem policy. And the second of those stories, and, you know, President Trump is coming after the NFL. Yeah. Everything was in crisis. And um, the second of those stories had, you know, the piece of reporting about Bob McNair standing up in the owner's meeting. That's right. And yeah. saying, you know, we can't have the inmates running the prison. And that piece of reporting caught fire like nothing I've ever reported in my life. And it came, you know, I learned about that piece of reporting pretty late before the story ended up going to print and posting online, maybe like three or four days before that. And, um, 
you know, that that piece of reporting really kind of blew up. But, you know, we 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 saved the it for the moment for when it happened within the context of the chronology of events. And I remember um, a friend of mine, a very well-known writer, you know, says, like, how come you didn't begin with that? How come you didn't yeah. meet with that anecdote? And, you know, I felt like that it was important to present it in the context of which it happened. And if you begin with that anecdote, it looks like you're trying to play it up. Right. And, and so I just I think that, like, it's important to have pieces of reporting throughout a story like that that help carry a reader, even if some of them might catch fire and they arrive, you know, like three quarters of the way through the piece. So lots of questions on that. First of all, the guy, your buddy, who was like, why didn't you lead with that? Uh, he's thinking like clicks, headline. That's like the modern, that's how we are now. Unfortunately, for better or worse, like that's where we are, right? I mean, the fact that you guys were able to bury that, or not bury it, but use yeah. it later in the story where it was needed to go. Did you have a push and pull with editors saying, hey, we need this up top. We got to open with it. No, it wasn't. Um, okay. It wasn't at all. I mean, I think that, like I said, you know, that was such a, it was such an important piece of reporting that it just, it had to be presented in the context that it happened. Maybe we could have hinted at it earlier. Yeah. I don't think we did, but, you know, and I think we had a pretty good beginning to that story, if I remember right. But like, um, you know, I, th I think it was just important to present it in a context in a way that if you began with it, you'd be over explaining Mm -hmm. to present it in that context. And you might actually lose readers in the process of doing that because you have to explain so much. Our next story that we did, Don and I did, was on um, Roger Goodell and Jerry Jones. And if you remember at the time, um, Jerry Jones was trying to sue the league to stop Roger Goodell's contract extension. Oh. And, you know, they were fighting and it was like, so, so, you know, Don and I's repertorial antennas went up where we got to like report on this story. So we reported on it. I remember the beginning to that story though, had a very colorful anecdote where Jerry Jones was on a, a call with Roger Goodell and Jeff Pash, who's the league's general counsel. And he, they were telling him that Ezekiel Elliott was going to be suspended. And Jerry was so mad. Yeah. And he says, you know, I'm going to come at, I'm paraphrasing here. He says, I'm going to come at you with everything I've got. And if you think Bob Kraft came after you hard, referring to Deflategate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob Kraft is a, the P word <laughs> compared oh. to what I'm going to do. <laughs> now that piece of reporting also came in late, but with that, it felt like, you know, you could present it in the context and you didn't have to over explain to be accurate. It, it was a very concise and lively anecdote. And so we felt comfortable beginning with that one. Um, so, you know, it's just a matter of saying everything's perfect every time, but it's just kind of like, I think that the best thing about doing these stories for ESPN and the outside the lines group is that there are no artificial deadlines. Mm. There's no, Hey, we got to get this investigative story in by X date. We, we publish the story when we feel like it's ready, when it's been written, when it's been edited, vetted, fact-checked, you know, you, where you consider phrasing on certain, you know, word, you know, certain sentences, and then you reconsider them. And, you know, you really feel um, proud of the story because it just feels, you know, unrushed and really bulletproof. Yeah. See, I mean, the problem with that is there, that job, Seth, doesn't really exist anymore anywhere else. It's just because of the way the internet is like, 
if you don't have the clicks, you're not making money. And if you're not making money, you can't have two guys as good as you and Don are spending two months working on a story. And, like, I ran into that at USA Today with the big lead. Like, I was like, guys, we're not just going to chase clicks because ultimately we're going to lose that battle to the bigger bigger shops. We need a once a month sink our teeth into heavy feature, whether it's media or whatever. ESPN does that. But, Seth, would you agree most sports media operations have abandoned that? Um, I don't know. You know, I'd say that like, A, you know, I don't have an intimate knowledge of the business and it's probably for better. Nobody's ever asked me any business questions about, you know, the digital model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would just say that like when I was starting at ESPN, so at the time you had um, ESPN Magazine, you had Sports Illustrated, you had the New York Times, the LA Times, Washington Post, and, you know, those papers maybe had one or two you know, investigative people or people who sort of looked at the big picture who weren't on a daily deadline. Um, And then, you know, at the time, I think ESPN Magazine maybe had like 10 senior writers. Sports Illustrated probably had double that. Um, And I look at it now, you, you know, most big newspapers still have those guys, one or two of them who really spend more time, you know, think about the Washington Post, like Kent Babb, who does a great job. Um, and then, you know, ESPN has way more than 10, <laughs> way more. And, you know, Sports Illustrated, I'm not sure what their numbers are, but, you know, my friends who were there, I mean, they definitely have time to work on those longer stories. So are there a few other jobs? I, I don't know. You know, The Athletic has a lot of them too. It's hard for me to say. I mean, I'm just, you know, however they make the economics work, I hope that they continue to because- yeah. I think it's important work. And, um, you know, people say, oh, you know, no one's going to read a long story. Well, <laughs> it didn't It didn't always happen regardless. Like Sports Illustrated used to come and they'd have, you know, 80% of the magazine was game stories that were two or three or four pages. And then maybe at the back, you'd have one that was 10 pages. Not everyone read that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think the thing is, is that like, hopefully you just get enough that, you know, it makes you know, a, a both a, a business and a, um, a journalistic, um, you know, piece of ambition you want to have. Yeah. I mean, do, do a lot of your friends coming up, you know, you kind of got to, like you said, pick a lane. Do you want to be a beat guy, features, columnist, investigative? Um, what, what do you say to people who say, hey, they're, they're trying to put me in one of those? I know you know, you kind of morphed into one of the best in the the features industry, if you will. But it sounds like there's just not a lot of guys who do what you do. So if you pick that lane, the chances are longer as opposed to saying, oh, you want to be a beat guy covering the Lakers or what have you. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, and thank you. I, I don't know. Um, you have to get your start somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I was able to get mine at ESPN magazine, but I wasn't writing features right away. I was, but a lot of them were smaller stories, right? Thompson, you know, one of my best friends in my life, he was a year behind me at Missouri. His first job out of college was covering the, uh, covering LSU football for the times Picayune. And then he did that for a bit and then worked into a newspaper feature writing job at the Kansas city star and then was hired at ESPN. And so he took a different route. But, you know, we kind of ended up at the same place. But after a considerable amount of time, like it's not, 
I, I think now the society, like you know, like you said, people don't want to read long stories. People don't want to wait and work their way up to where, it, you know, it takes a while to get to your spot. This is not like two years out of college and you're writing features for ESPN. Yeah, I mean, but a lot of people like doing that news also. You know what I mean? A lot of people are driven by that. And, um, you know, again, I think you just have to get in somehow. And then when you get your chances to, you know, you have to kind of make the most of them. Yeah. And eventually I do believe that, you know, no matter what form it takes, you know, that the people who want to do that and get really good at it will be seen and, and you know, rewarded for that. I'll get you out of here on this one, Seth. What are you currently reading right now? What <laughs> book are you currently reading? I, there's got to be something interesting. You know, working on a book, it's kind of weird because you both want to read other books and you don't. <laughs> yes, this is true, yeah. <laughs> but um, I'd say the two books I've been reading are – what It Takes by Richard Ben Kramer, which is a book that came out in 1992 about the 1998 presidential election. Mm, and it's okay. a thousand pages. And it's Ooh. it's an unbelievable book. And it's one of those books that like when it came out, nobody bought it. But now when people look back at it, they're like, that was an unbelievable journalistic feat. So I've been reading that. And I also uh, also the book that I'm making my way through is um, uh, the, the new Seinfeld book where you know he, 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 he writes down every joke that he's written in his life going back to the 70s. Wow. And you know, he put, I forget the name of it. Um, it's, it's something, I, I forget exactly what it is, but it's the new one he came out within the past couple months. And um, you know, it's, it's an easy read and it's funny to sort of see how someone's you know, jokes evolve over the course of yeah. time. I like that. All right, Seth Wickersham, ESPN. And uh, so when is your book coming out? October 19th. October 19th. Just in time for, you know, the Patriots to be two and five and consternation. And then your book comes with all this great revelations as Brady's Bucks are like seven and oh or whatever. And <laughs> headed toward another Super Bowl, I'm sure. Just in time for me to come back on your podcast and talk about it. Yes, of course. All right. Seth Wickersham, ESPN. Thanks a lot, Seth. Thanks, bud. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.